Amen. How y'all doing, church? So we look alike. That's good enough, right? But I'm better looking just a little. No? Okay. All right. So you're still better looking than me, Pastor Deej. Uh, I'm glad to be here. So second service to get all the kinks out. You guys get the better version of, no, I'm kidding. But I, I will say that during the first message, there was a part where um, David took off King Saul's armor. And I said, tell the person next to you, take it off. And then like I said, no, not your clothes, not your clothes, people. So I'm going to warn you, don't, don't do that this service, okay? So it's good to be here. My name is Pastor Chris. Obviously, if you haven't uh, met me yet, I'd love to shake your hand outside on the way out. And before we get started, though, can we just say hi to our internet viewers who are joining us, watching us here? Thank you. Hope you get blessed also. Such an honor that you're here virtually. And there's a message on my heart, amen? And there's no pressure because my, my parents are here. They didn't tell me they were coming. I would have fasted for a week more. <laughs> They're here. And so, like, I really got to watch the storyline. Like, that didn't happen. <laughs> I don't know where you are, but so, so glad you guys came. It was a surprise. Where are you, Mom and Dad? Oh, there they are. Can we give it up for them? So good you guys are here. So good you guys are here. And my wife isn't here for second service. We live a little far away for the time being. But not for long. What? Metro West. Root, root. Tell buildings coming this way. And electricity. I'm kidding. My wife, yeah, I'm going to be stoned in a bit. My wife, she's going to be here third service uh, with my brand new son. He's a month now. Time flies, right? He's starting to react to things. I smile. And uh, he smiles back. In the beginning, we knew it was gases, but I think this time he gets it. He's like, oh, I know what I'm doing. So if you stick around, you'll get to see him. He's beautiful. Looks nothing like me, by the way. That's why he's beautiful. And my wife's Mary. She also wants to meet you guys as we do life together now. Amen. I'm so looking forward to the new campus that we're going to launch soon here. And we're going to need your help. And first, before I get started, I just want to thank Pastor D and the leadership for the, for the invite, for having confidence in me, in me. Can we give it up for them also, guys? Stacy Fry, Pastor Derek, thank you so much. It's always an honor to preach, to, to share, to talk about the things that are revealed here in the Bible and the things that God is doing in our lives, right? Because it edifies us, right? It gets us pumped up. It gets us through the week because we know that if God can do it in their lives, God can do it in my life. Can I get an amen? amen. That's right. So y'all ready for this? So open up your Bibles with me real quick to 1 Samuel. This is a series on David. And the title of today's message is going to be Underdog. Say Underdog or underestimated. Estimated was kind of weak. Let's see, underestimated! I will try that again in a little bit. Just so you know, we will, we will not move from that point on until we get it right. Say, underestimated! So, so which one are you? Are you a true underdog or are you just underestimated? And I think in life, sometimes we feel like an underdog. But let me just start off the message by saying this. You were never the underdog because an underdog doesn't have advantages. But when you are underestimated, you have advantages that the opposition has not yet seen. 
You were never the underdog. You were only underestimated. And when the time is right, your true potential and power will come to be, and it will surprise even you. Can I get an amen? So if you found it, say amen. I'm going to put it up here also. This is my first time preaching with the TV, so I might run into it, okay? That's okay. I, like, you know, because it, it's new, but I'll try to stand. It's expensive. <laughs> it's expensive, Devin said. So I'll try to do this here so I don't run into things or even fall off, right? Because that happens sometimes. We get in and we fall off. Okay. So you'll catch me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is, this is splash zone. Because, you know, when I preach, I'm just kidding. So the Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 39, it says, <clears throat> 1739. I'll, I'll give you just a little bit for you to find it. Y'all know it's for me to find it. <laughs> yeah, me, right? <laughs> Get your stuff together, Pastor. It's because I'm doing it on my phone for the first time. No, it's not. And so here we go. Um, this is a view into David's life, okay? All of you know David, who King David was. If you're here for the first time, this is a message of a king in the kingdom of Israel. He actually existed. There's archaeological proof. And he's very revered in Jewish culture. And in the Bible, he's actually a type of Christ because he foreshadows how Christ is going to live out his ministry. So we're going, going to look into some values of King David's life and, and learn from it. Amen? King David, he, he was a king, and, and most say that he was maybe the greatest king of Israel. And was he perfect, though? No, he wasn't perfect. So, so here's a point before we even get started. You don't have to be perfect to be great. Amen. You don't have to be 100% to do something that impacts. The Bible says, and history backs this up, that, that David, he, he expanded the, the lines of, of, of the kingdom. It was the beginning of Israel's what was called golden age. And so it began to expand and become prosperous, all because David learned a couple of things that we're going to look into. Now, you know the story of David and Goliath, right? If you do, say Amen. If you didn't say amen, Sunday school next week, you got to come, I'm telling you. It's basically the story of how David, uh, a little person in stature, as the Bible says, obviously he was shorter than me. I mean, come on. I'm average height, hello. <clears throat> I'm also taller than Devin. Just want to get that out there, okay? Just want to get the... And... Um, <laughs> it's because of my hair, he says. We all know what's up. And King, King David, King David, he, he has a successful story, but he's also got some, some traumatic experiences in there. And during this series, we've looked at some of his faults. And it's interesting that even though he, he wasn't perfect, he was still anointed and he was still powerful and he was still king and he was still able to do so much for the Lord. Amen. And, and we're going to look into three views of his life. We don't have time to go into the whole story, but just so you know, Goliath falls at the end. And let me just release that over your life right now. The opposition in your life will always fall. You will always win. You will always have the victory because as long as God is on your side, you will see it through. Can I get an amen? So let's, let's read this. And it says, into this view, let's go into this camera lens real quick. Travel back in time and press play. This is David's early days. 
And it says like this. And David strapped his sword, his now is Saul, not his sword, over his armor. And he tried in vain to go, for he had not tested them. Then David said to Saul, I cannot go with these. See, I cannot go with these. You can't. For I have not tested them. So David put them off. And I want to start with this value here. If you follow along in your worship guide, it's, it's, it's topic number one. And this is my first time preaching with this thing. So it was like a final for me. I was like, is this an outline? I mean, what am I going to say with an outline? I got to follow it? Like, how do I do this? So if I get lost in the middle, just find the stuff and put it in there, okay? You'll be blessed. Just make, if you don't know, the, just write something that makes sense, like blue, lions, and pandas. I'm going to do my best, though, because this makes me organized, and that's what I need in my life. It says a teaching point here is that he was secure. So topic number one is be secure. And this is seen in the text that we just read because David, he, he decided to be secure in who he was. You know the story, but just so you have a little bit of backdrop, this is David's first appearance uh, before Saul after then he goes to, 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 to Goliath and we, we see that he has the opportunity to put on Saul's armor and Saul's sword. And the Bible says that he's walking around and, and, and he can't even walk, right? And he looks kind of funny. And, and let me tell you, every time that you try to act like someone you're not, you're going to look funny. You're not going to look good. The, the most secure you can be is the best you. Because when you are you, now you're not what people are saying you are. Now you're not walking into someone's public opinion of you. Now you are walking in the truth of God in you. And the best you is to be authentic into who God has called you to be. Next time you have an opportunity, just be you. Just do you. Because being you is the most secure position on the planet right now. It's not Syria. It's not Boston. It's not Afghanistan. It's not a bunker. The most secure your position is you walking into God's plan and understanding you are what God has called you to be church you be you because you can be the best copy of someone else can't you you see how Devin dresses he wants to be like me he does a good I'm gonna pick on him but it's just a second-rate version come on somebody they got me doing CrossFit. They got me, like, taking vitamins. Pastor, he was like, you got to take this fish oil in for my neck. <laughs> but I'm just going to be me, chubby and handsome. Can I get an amen? <laughs> that wasn't in the notes, by the way. You got to be you. So when David takes off the armor, he was saying no to your weapons, and he was saying yes to his weapons. Because the Bible says that before this opportunity, he was just a shepherd boy, man. No limelight, no crowd, no cameras, no followers, no likes. He was just, he was just taking care of, as his brother Eliab said, a few sheep. 
Now, if you were to study the Bible, you would find out that actually David, the house of Jesse, they were a wealthy family. They had many sheep. I'm sure they had more, but maybe David wasn't that even successful, or maybe his parents, as we've learned in the series, didn't really trust him with much. But you know what? That didn't stop him from doing the best he could. Even though there were a few sheep, he fought lions to protect those sheep. Even though they weren't that many, he fought a bear to protect those ones that were taken. Because when you're faithful in the little bit that God gives you, soon enough you will get an opportunity that will take you from a shepherd boy to a warrior king. You just be faithful, church, because soon along, soon enough, your time will come. Just be secure in this position right now and where you are. The Bible says, and it emphasizes the word his, that David rejected the armor of Saul, the sword of Saul, the helmet of Saul, and he decided to go with what he knew was best for him. He chose his own weapons. The Bible says that he chose his staff, that he chose his own stones, that he put it in his shepherd pouch. A shepherd pouch. I mean, come on, was it even Gucci? I bet not. It was probably like the fake kind you buy in Chinatown all the time. About. It was like had holes in the back. Like he put a rock in, a couple, a couple rocks fell out. He was putting it back on. But it was his. It doesn't matter if you don't have the best brand or, or the best logo or the best car. It's yours, man. As long as God gave it to you, there will be a purpose to it. And you will, be, you will have joy in that because a lot of times we try to seek after things. And we think as long as we can gather and we can acquire and we can conquer, it will give us true fulfillment. It won't. You know what will give you true fulfillment? Allowing yourself to value the things that God has given you. Amen. Let me give you some advice. If you're not happy with what you have, start wanting. Start wanting what you have. Is that hit? And so he had his little shepherd bag, put his stones in. He picked them out and he took his sling. Now, what, what I want to do is just press pause because this is him being him at his best. And when he does this, he decides, and here we go, to choose the weapon of his calling versus the weapon of choice for the modern day warfare. Anybody would have cho chosen a sword. So for me and you, it's like you going out into the schoolyard, you got to fight, and everybody's like, take the magnum, nine millimeter, and you're like, no, no, no I'm going to take the wiffle ball bat. <laughs> that's what that's like. And so everybody's like, are you serious? Like, he's going with a sling? Like, like why are, you know, people are planning his funeral, they're trying to measure the, 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 the casket, like, this is going to make a fool of us. What is going on? And people, I bet you, the Bible doesn't say, but if I could conjecture that, they're probably making fun of him. Because here is a Goliath, here is a champion, even his brothers. And even though David had seven brothers, the Bible only names three. And here are the three, and they're saying, here is the champion. They said it themselves, there is the champion. You know, a lot of times, we're giving too much credit to our enemy. A lot of times, we're giving too much strength to the power we think our opposition has. Let me tell you something. You are never the underdog. You are only underestimated. There is no champion other than Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And if you have him, he is your champion, and he can get you to the place that you're trying to go, church. He is my true champion. But here he is choosing the weapons of his calling. Well, what does that mean for me? Well, this is what he was used to. He was good at this. 
God had given him an assignment and he stayed faithful with that assignment. And so he developed all the skills needed to be good at what God had called him to do. What we need to do is be the best at where we are right now. If you're a father, be the best dad. If you're a mom, be the best mother. If you're in business, be the best you can be, man. Because when you work the skills of your level, you are setting yourself up to succeed at another level. But you got to be faithful with the tools that you have. So that's what he did. He was good with the slingshot. You, this was a lethal weapon, church. You could hit someone 200 yards away. He was accurate. You know what this speaks to? How secure he was in his calling. I know that revenge might seem like the best thing for you to do, but is that the weapon of your calling? Put that down. Put your sword away. You know what you should do? Forgive instead. I know that you, maybe you should just uh, be on them for paying you. They didn't pay you back because they were late or someone wronged you. But you know what? The weapon of your calling is generosity. Why don't you be kind instead? Why don't you forgive instead? Why don't you be hope instead? Because when you choose the weapons of heaven, there is no match for the outcome. Because now you have become underestimated for a future that belongs to you and God. The weapons of your calling are more powerful. Love will always win over hate. Goodbye, haters. I'm not fighting you at the level you are. I'm going to love you into this. The kingdom of God, it does not expand with hate. It does not expand with rules. It expands with love. Do you see what David is showing us? He's showing us that when we use the weapons of our calling, and if it's God's will, and if it's God's time, you are unbeatable. Are you getting this? Point number two, everybody say, be ready. Tell that person that needs like, you know, they, they look like they need to be ready. Say, be ready, man. Let me crack some necks. Look behind you and say, be ready. You in the back? Stretch your neck out. Stretch your neck out. I got fish oil at the end of service. <laughs> if you feel any pain, the prayer team is going to pray also. And so he was secure as a shepherd, but now he is showing us that he is ready as a fighter. He is ready. But, but I, I want you to follow me as we really define what being ready is. You know the story. And we talked about how David, he grabbed on to five stones, yes or no? But when the story unfolds, we find that Goliath falls with how many stones? With one. Who chose the stones? And I've, learned, I've, I've, I've listened to a lot of sermons on this that would explain, well, what were the other stones for? for? Were they not used? And some uh, scholars would like to believe that they were symbolic for the other brothers of Goliath and how they would fall down too. And that speaks to that, you know, you're going to win and win every time. Can I get an amen? But I was meditating on this and I was studying this and, and I thought David you know not, not as a warrior right here not, not as a fighter but I wanted to see David as, as a human was David human and as human what are some of the things that we go through we get scared I, I know he saw the opportunity because the Bible says he rushed to Goliath but at the same time when I see him picking out the round stones in the brook I think he, he was human, and he thought, well, what if I miss on the first attempt? And so, and so he, he grabbed another stone. 
And, 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 and well, what if I miss on that one? What if, what, if I'm, what if I miss multiple times? And so he grabs more stones. And there's a total of five now in his shepherd bag. But God knew that he would really only need one. And I asked the Lord, I said, well, what does this mean? It means that God, even though you don't need it, he will always allow you to walk with more than what you need to defeat your giants. You are over-equipped, church. Listen to me, Dad. You have what it takes. You can do this. You just need to persist just a little bit. I know you have stones. I know you have experience and intellect and you've saved up and you've made some good decisions and you've made it this far and you might be thinking, well, I, I have a nest egg to fall back on. You know, I have some, some alternative plans and, and I've planned for this and, and I'm prepared. And that's good because preparation, it weakens doubt. Can I get an amen? The more you prepare, the, more, the less doubt has power over you. In fact, I like this definition of success. Success is when preparation meets opportunity. Here, David is over-preparing himself because he thought, well, what if I miss? And isn't that the thought that comes across our minds sometimes? When I have my son, I said, well, am I going to be a good dad? And when I, bought, when I bought my first home, there were these thoughts that came into my heart. And I thought, well, am I going to be able to pay this mortgage? You know, when, when, I, when I got into certain business ventures that didn't work out, I remember stepping into those with like say, life savings and, and I lost all of it. And I remember signing the papers and I would think, well, what if this doesn't work out? You see, fear, it, it has that power to distract you. Fear is nothing more than false evidence appearing real. It's fake. That's fake news. That's what really fake news is. Because it's trying to get your attention away from the promise of God and get you to focus on what you don't have. And get you to look at your dirty past. And get you to look at your weaknesses and your shortcomings and your fallings. And it comes at you saying, you can't do this. Anybody but you. You don't have what it takes. You don't have this. You don't have that. And it feels like everything's disqualifying you. But God allowed David to walk with more stones so he could have the confidence to walk towards Goliath. And my message for you tonight is be ready. Be over-equipped. Be ready to face your circumstances, church. Because when you get there the word of God has power over you that the stones don't and this is this brings me to my, to my next point this is gonna be good amen I drink water like a camel don't I it's like he's gonna drown up there be ready as a fighter yeah you gotta fight can I get an amen is life easy no it's not it's not easy God didn't promise it would be easy he said you wouldn't do it alone He's going to be with you, amen? So just be ready as a fighter because he was first secure as a shepherd boy. And now here he is being ready as a fighter. Hey, be secure in who you are. Be ready as a fighter. And then point number three. Well, before I go on to that, I just want to share a little nugget of, of what really gave David the victory. You see, because if you look in the scripture, Real quick, if, if you could turn it and, and highlight this in your Bible. One chapter before, it's, it's 1 Samuel chapter 16. Turn, turn there with me. It's when Samuel's coming to the house of Jesse. And the Lord said to the prophet Samuel, I have rejected Saul as my king, and I have found for me a king. 
go to the house of Jesse the Belamite, and I will show who he is. And verse 13, it says, Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord, can I get an amen? Rushed upon David. Look at me for a second. The word rushed here in other versions, it says came upon mightily. It's the same word attached in other parts of the Bible to also describe prosperity. It's also the same word that's used when the, the Spirit of God came upon Samson, the great fighter of Israel in the time of Judges. So when the Spirit of God rushed upon David, this is the same description because every time God anoints you, there is a rushing. There is prosperity attached to it. I don't care how much time you think you lost. The moment you are anointed and a window of acceleration happens in your life, God can make happen in one day what a thousand days takes another. I don't care if you think you lost time because of that bad relationship, because of the mistakes I've made. Once you are anointed by God, you have a rushing of the Holy Spirit to speed you into the destiny that God has laid out for you there is no time wasted God has you right where he needs you at the right time at the right moment for such a time as this and the Bible says that also when David went towards Goliath he rushed to Goliath whenever the Holy Ghost is involved in everything there is quickness to it because God doesn't have time to waste he wants to bless you today he wants to help you right now this week you're going to be better can I get an amen and the Bible says that he was anointed in front of his brothers. The Spirit came upon him, and the Bible says that from that day forward, the Spirit of the Lord was with David. There were seven brothers before David, and I was studying this last night, and there's seven, but the Bible really mentions the name of three, and it's Eliab, Abdanab, and Shammah. And whenever you get in trouble pronouncing names in the Bible, just slur it. They'll think you're speaking Spanish. It's okay. And so if I murdered those names, it's all right. It's all right. But I think that's how you pronounce them. And so I wanted to just, I got curious. I said, well, what do these names mean? Because, you know, names back then, they, they meant something, right? There was, there was weight to it, like your name was who you were as a person, and your last name could speak to what city you were from or what your trade was, right? And so when we hear the name Fry, we, we think deep fryers, like they must have, you know, been frying a lot of stuff in the past. Chick-fil-A. They own that. And so here is Eliab, and the name means God is Father. Say Father. And then the second brother who is, who is looked upon, his name is Abdanab, Abidanab, and that means God is willing. Say willing. And then Shama means astonishment. Say astonishment. These are the first three brothers that are looked to. And the father, Jesse, he overlooks and does not consider David as a future king, how could he be? And he's written off. Whenever, watch this. Whenever the call of God in your life is written off, 
the Father will be willing to astonish everybody that has written you off. Isn't that good? That's so good. And then, and then Samuel, says, Samuel says, nobody sits down until David comes. And he anoints him to be king in front of his brothers. God is not a vengeful God, but he does this because David needed it. He needed the confidence to do this. And so he is anointed here. And so the stones, they were for David to have confidence. It was for him to feel over-equipped. But actually, the anointing that happened a chapter before is the thing that allows him to win. I know that David rushed with his stones. I know he had over-equipping in his bag, but it wasn't the stones that really killed Goliath. You know what? When God has determined something, it doesn't matter what the circumstances, you will win. You will prosper. It will work out for you. Man, if David had a water balloon, he would have thrown it at Goliath and he would have drowned him with a water balloon because when God determines something, it must happen. The stones were for David. But the anointing killed Goliath. Woo! What Goliath did not know about David was what killed him. And I promise you it's what the opposition doesn't know about you that's going to surprise them into defeat. You see, some scholars even say that Goliath might not even have been a true Philistine. He was a champion from the city of Gath, one of the five cities of the empire. But look at this. And his brothers never pick a fight with someone that you don't know what God has said to them. You will die in the process. Look at this. Goliath did not know that this was the future king of the greatest empire of the time. You cannot underestimate the person next to you. You cannot underestimate or write them off. Do not look to their appearance, even though they look good. But look to what God has said on them. Because I promise you, it's the anointing on their life that will allow them to win. The stones were for David, but the anointing came first. And before David got before Goliath, the last word of God in his life prevailed. The last word of God in your life is going to allow you, is going to, allow you to prevail. What has God spoken to you, church? What has God been saying to this house? What has God been saying to you as a father, you as a businessman, you as a student, you as a professional athlete? What has God told you? Do you write it down? I write down everything that God tells me because in the moment of doubt, in the moment of fear, you know what I do? I open up my notes and I read what God has spoken to me. And I know that if I walk in the last word of God, it will be enough. God's word is enough. The last word of God in your life is enough. What has God told you? That is still sustaining you. God spoke the universe into existence when he said, let there be light. And it is still turning and it is still spinning. The last word of God to you is still going to give you strength to move into your destiny. Whew. Come on, somebody. Should I keep going? God has given you more than enough. You will never be the underdog. Only underestimated. There is a difference. There is a difference. You have been underestimated, church. This region is not ready for what Connect Church is about to do. For so long, this house has been a cupboard to many. 
But because of that, it has attracted the will of God in here. And now God will cover this house and we shall win this city. Metro West belongs to God. Can I get an amen? This church is going to grow so fast. We won't, we won't have time to order enough chairs. I believe healing is coming to this house. I believe growth is coming to this house. I believe power is coming to this house. I believe we will reach places that we have never reached because we believe the last word of God on this house still stands. It still has power. It has not lost weight. It is still relevant. And Connect Community Church will be known by the power and the authority of God in this community. It is not rest in City Hall. It is not with government. It is with this house for this region. One move of God can do more for the Metro West than all of legislation put combined. All we need to do is believe, church. Do you believe? I believe it. I believe it. I wouldn't be here if I didn't believe it. I wouldn't be here if I didn't know that God was about to do something supernatural through this ministry. I walked away from things that you would laugh at me about. What? You chose a slingshot? Yeah. Because I am in love with the weapons of my calling. But I know that I will go so much further if I just wait on the Lord. You will go forward faster if you wait on the Lord. I'm telling you, choose the weapons of your calling. Don't be a sellout. Don't be a sellout to the highest bidder. You are owned already and you are not for sale. God knows you by name and your destiny is still in his hands. Yes. Hallelujah. Number three, be wise. And here we, we fast forward now. We know what happens. Goliath falls. I don't want to dwell there. And the story so narrates, and it, according to Old Testament narrative, David rises to power and he serves under Saul. But there is an evil spirit that torments the king. And he becomes envious of Saul. And so Saul decides to persecute David and the story is long and it's unwinding and it's unfolding. And I encourage you to read it this week because in every moment of pursuit, David never touches the anointed one of God and he is always true to his calling and he is faithful to the last word of God in his life. Decades went by. God said, you will be the next king. So much time goes by. He's persecuted. He's rejected. He has to run away. He's an outcast. He has to serve for the Philistines, the people that were the enemy of God where this story takes place. He fought against Goliath. It's their enemy. And now because of all that happened, he serves under the Philistines and he comes under their service because he fears for his life and he's seeking protection. And look at the turmoil and look at the chaos and look at what's happened now. And every step of the way, David continues to believe that he will be king. Do you still believe? Do you believe the last thing that God told you? What was it? Do you remember? Why don't you bring it to memory right now? What was the last thing that God spoke to you? Do you believe it? Because do you know what part of the Bible works, Christian? The part that you believe. Do you know what part of faith works? The part that you respect. If you believe, time may run, but it won't run out 
until the promises of God has come true in your life. Can I get an amen? And here David is in another place, at another age, in a different stage. He went from a shepherd boy to a fighter, UFC. Not McGregor. Like, he was humble, okay? I just lost all the youth right there. Like, no one's coming to the 508 next week. <laughs> and now he, he's a warrior king. And he's, he has 400 to 600 men. And he's on the run. And if you would open your Bible later on, you'll see that in chapter 30 of 1 Samuel, verse 7, there is a scenario. It's called the Z-Clog event. Or Z-Clog, or Ziploc bag, whatever you want. And you can read it later. I'm going to give you the backdrop just to get to the points because I have three minutes left. And by the way, Z-Clag, that's a great name for your next kid. By the way, you know, Z-Clag, come here, wash the dishes. Z-Clag, where are you going? That's a great name. <laughs> saying. If you want to grab that, take, name your kid. Okay, name your dog. And so this, when I reread it, Pastor D, I, I, we were talking about how um, as a father you'll see things differently. And, and, and I, read, I reread this and I started weeping because um, I saw it as a father versus a son. And my dad's here. So this is good. And in, in the Z-Clog event, this was a city where David was stationed. And he was called upon the king of the Philistines to fight against the people of Israel. Look at that mission. But then when he got there, uh, the, the, the generals, they, they didn't trust David. They said, you know what? Uh, have your servant return because he might in the middle of battle just turn against us and, and fight against us because these, these are his people we're going to attack. And so they dismissed him. Look at that. When you are faithful to God, your loyalty has no limits. Even after being in service, they knew that David's loyalty to God's people would have been greater. There's a lot there. I don't have time to go into it. And so he's dismissed. They're on their way back, and they get news. David, David, you got to come quick. The city's been ravished. They burned it to the ground. They took your wives. They, 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 took, they plundered the city. Your, your children, they, they're, they're prisoners. They're slaves, David. You got to come quick. Now, now, look at what's happening. When I get Amber Alert on my phone, y'all ever get that ever? When you, there's an Amber Alert out, it means that someone's kid is missing. So someone's been kidnapped. My heart immediately goes to that father or, or, or that mom. When I've seen that come upon my phone, I'm like, Lord, bless them. I mean, it, my heart rushes for other people. And now as a father, I don't know what I would do. If, if I got a call and said, Chris, your wife and, and, and your son, they've been kidnapped. They're gone. I'd get on the phone like me and Lucy, and I'd be like, I know who you are. <laughs> I will find you. <laughs> I don't know what I would do. But just talking about it gets my heart racing. Like, I, I would do anything but stand still. You know what I mean? Like, I, I would flip cars over. I would lift helicopters. I'd be like, do something. Call people. Ride horses. Gallop. Go. Move. Man, my son. 
That's my blood. Come on, don't just stand there. And I can imagine now, because the Bible says that David's men, they were ready to, they cried until they had no more energy, the Bible says, and they wanted to stone David, their king. Man, if I was there past, I might have stoned him myself. And what's interesting about this story is, can you feel the chaos? Can you feel the confusion? Can you feel the emotional weight attached to this event? It's horseback, no Uber, no Uber copter, none of that. No speedboat, like donkey speed. What do we do? And he is a wise king. And he is counterintuitive. I know what I would have done. Maybe that's you. I would have like ran faster than a horse. I would have left the horse behind. What? And I would have ran like, let's go. Let's go. Call Devin. Bring them guns. Let's get your homies. Let's go. We'll go get them. Come on. Come on. Let's get them. I'd be so quick to react emotionally. I'd be so quick to rash decisions. Because when we are emotional, we are susceptible to harsh decisions, to unwise decisions. But what I think is interesting here is David calls Ebiather, who was the only living son of the prophets of Nor, who were all decimated and killed by King Saul because he, they prophesied unto King David. And he says, give me the ephod, which is a, a garment that's used by the high priest to pray. And you know what David does? He inquires of the Lord. I know David's had some shortcomings, but when I read this, he inquired of the Lord. I see him being a symbol of Christ. I see him now as a type of Jesus because he is now fixing a broken process in our lives. Don't we all do this? And as a pastor for the last five years, I've had so many people come up to me and say, Lord, I'm about to do this. And we, we went left and we painted it pink and we bought that. So we're going to do this. And can you bless it? Can you pray over this? Can you pray over this relationship? Can you pray over this decision? Can you pray over this house? Can you pray over this situation? And I'm, I'm like, well, I, I don't know. Can I? Like, uh, it seems like your mind is made up. And we think that there's a, 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 a desk in heaven with like this huge rubber stamp that says, you know, approved or denied. And then like a Staples red uh, button that says, that was easy. You know, that we think that this is heaven and there's a huge line. It's like the Christian decision making line. And then we bring it up to God and God's like, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Let's go. Whew. Who's up first? Because, you know, if you pray early, you get in line first, right? So, okay, ready? Here we go. Denied, approved, denied, approved, denied, approved, 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 denied, 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 approved. Denied, 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 approved, 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 approved. Woo! Give me a Red Bull. Denied. Do you think that's what heaven looks like? That God is really in the business of approving our decisions? When I see David inquire of the Lord... I see wisdom that it took many battles to find. You know, yeah, it was, it was unfortunate that the Amalekites invaded and did this to, to David. But hey, David had sacked 15 cities before this. So they had some reasoning. A lot of the pain that we go through, church, it's because of our own, of our own decisions. Can I get an amen? Bad life, maybe bad decisions in there. 
And I think that a lot of times if we would just focus in how we are making our decisions, we will see that true wisdom comes not in seeking God for approval, but making him part of the process. Well, what does God think of that? Well, what, what, what has he led you? What has God said? Well, no, I really like her. No, you don't understand. She looks like Giselle Buchan. You know, I got to do it. This is my winner. This is my shot. I only got one shot, one opportunity. And you're like, boom, ring on it. Six months later, we're in ER for relationships. Why? Because God was never brought into that process. He was just brought in at the end. And we thank God as a waiter. Would you like fries with that? Because we're here at the fry house. Do you want chocolate milkshake? Hey, this is not a sonic drive-up. You need to put on your ephod, your worshiping, your prayer life, and you need to inquire of the Lord because I promise you that wisdom, the book of Proverbs says that the objective of wisdom is maturity. I will know that we are mature as a church when all of our decisions, and I have seen this here, are made with God involved. Can I get an amen? If you could stand with me this morning. I don't know where you are in your decision. I don't know where you are in your life. But I know that there are three values here that can really help us today, this week. If we would just become more secure with our identity, it will unlock some things. To get onto this iPhone, there's a new technology where it reads your fingerprint. Do you know why that's one of the most secure processes for security validation? Because your fingerprint, it's unique to you. So it's the closest true identity measurement right now. And every time that you put your finger on the sensor, it opens, doesn't it? Look at me. True identity will always open things for you. Be secure in who you are, and the doors will open. Have true identity, even if it's in a small beginning like a shepherd boy. Hey, be ready as a fighter and get in that battle. And at a later stage, be wise. Better decisions, better life. Can you bow your heads with me this morning and close your eyes? Not because there's a bag of Lucky Charms going around, but because it gives us privacy. I'm going to pray. Maybe you're here, and this is the most important part, I think, of, of the message. And you stepped into this house, and you thought, what did I get myself into? And I want to tell you that it's, you got into something that can change your life forever. You got into something that can be real, tangible. Not just a philosophy, not just a way of life, but true destiny. I believe that heaven is not only your destination, but also your origin. And if you're here this morning and you're thinking, well, man, I want to know God like that. Because God helped David and he wasn't perfect. And I want God to help me. I want to speak to you for just a second. Because knowing God is really the beginning of a new you. A you that starts to lead in life today, right now. No matter what phase, age, 
or stage you are in, I promise you a relationship with God turns the page and begins a new chapter in your life. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new have come. I want to invite you this morning to make a life-saving decision. Maybe you've come here before or this is your first time and, and you want to give this a shot and, and you want to get to know God then. Well, okay, I've tried so many other things and then, then I'll try that. I want to encourage you and I want to tell you that that will be the best decision you ever made. I'm going to count to three so I can identify and pray for you. And there is privacy in the room. And so just understand that physical response determines spiritual experience. There is no shame. You can be courageous. And I'm going to count and I'm going to pray for you. And, I'm gonna, and, and, and we will hear of the blessings that will happen in your life. I'm going to come and say, one, Father, remove all shackles, all bondage. I release freedom right now in the name of Jesus. Two, Father, give them a new start. Reset their story, Lord. Give them a chance to start over, to, to do it again. Empower them, Father. In the name of Jesus, three. If that's you, could you raise your hand for me just a second? Thank you. I see you. I see you. God bless you. I see you. Hallelujah. I see you. Thank you. I see you. I see you too. Amen. Amen. Church, can you just pray after me with them? Let's do it together. If you raised your hand, could you just repeat after me? It's a simple prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, help me. I declare that you are my Savior. I want you in my life. Change me. Help me be better. Do life with me, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Can we give it up for God?